we're just going to pray a blessing over here. So, Father, I thank you for Christy. Father, I thank you for all of the, uh, all that you have poured into her. I thank you for the revelation that she has received about who she is in you. And I pray, Lord, that her words today would spark that degree of revelation in each and every person who hears them. Father, for that is what you came to do, to help us understand who we truly are and to restore us to that after it was lost. And so, Father, just bless her. Take away any nervousness or anxiety that she may feel. Let this just be as natural as uh, talking to her cats at home. <laughs> so I just give you thanks and praise, Lord. And I ask all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. And just so you know, she has told me in the fact that she practices talking to the cat. So, I mean, that's kind of a natural thing. So do you have the over-the-ear thing, or are you going to use this? Um, it doesn't matter. I think you're going to use this. I guess I can hold this, then it won't crackle at me. Yeah, it should be good. Okay. Let's back you up just a touch. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't I'll fall down board. here. This is like that. Uh-huh. Okay. As you can tell, I'm not really good on technology. So I have the old school stuff. Um, good morning. How are you this morning? You all here because you want to be here or because you think you should be here? <laughs> good question, right? Well, I hope we're all here because we want to be here. Um, the pillar I'm going to be speaking today is the one on the far end, and it's called the Pillar of Identity. And this is really, really important to this church. Okay, we... We have that as, I think, one of the main ones. That with truth kind of supports all the rest because if you don't have truth in your life and that does not lead you to your identity, you cannot have unity and you cannot harmony. You cannot have diversity. You can't really have anything because you're going to be too busy trying to get your identity from what you do. Okay. We're going to be looking at a story this morning called The Prince and the Pauper, A Case of Mistaken Identity. And some of you don't know this story, but we're going to get into that later. But I wonder if we all here at Harmony have that same problem. I know I do. I go back and forth with my identity all the time. And I have to constantly remind myself, who am I really? Am I what my circumstances say I am, or am I who God says I am? We believe that, the, that our identity is a major component in your Christian walk. And we're going to look at this story, but right now, what I want to do is tell you a little about my story, where I came from, and how I got here. I was born in a little town in Idaho by the name of Coeur d'Alene. It's called the City of a Thousand Lakes. I lived a couple years there and then moved to Seattle with my parents and my brother and my sister. And you know, like any other girl, I grew up believing that I was born way too late. I wanted to be a princess. I wanted to have my prince come along and carry me away. I wanted to have the knight in shining armor save me from the dragon. But you know, life happens. And as I grew up, I realized, having grown up in a very difficult family life, that that dream started to fade. And it went away. 
and I lost it. And so I finished up growing up, graduated from high school, joined the Navy, spent three years, met my husband, got married, had a couple of kids, and at the age of 25, when we were living in Scotland, I accepted Christ as my savior. I had gotten to the end of my rope and I didn't know what else to do. So, as you can imagine, this was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing that could ever happen to anybody. Okay? So I was on top of the world for a number of years. And then slowly, the cares of life started to steal that excitement away. And I slowly went back to being that lost little girl. And so I tried, and I tried, and I tried harder and harder to please God, to earn my way to his approval. And no matter what I did, it didn't make any difference. I didn't feel any closer. And so after long years of struggling, I finally gave up. I said, God, if this is who you are, if this is what your church is, you can keep it. And I'd walked away for five years. But you know, during that five years, he still pursued me. He never let me forget that he was there all the time. And so I started offhand coming to what was the Ashland Vineyard. And you can ask Jeff, I would show up once in a while, sit in the back, listen to the message, and then leave as quickly as possible. And then I would be gone. I would come back a couple months later, and I'd sit in the back row, and I'd sit through the message, and I'd leave again. And poor Jeff, he's going, God, this is, this is a phantom person here. She appears and disappears before I can get to her. Anyway, so that went on, and then I, I took a chance, and I joined the ladies' Bible study on Wednesday. Well, I spent, and if anybody has ever done Beth Moore's studies, <laughs> I went through three whole studies and never said a word. I sat through three whole studies with my arms crossed, with a frown on my face, daring anyone to say anything to me. That's how closed off I was. And so gradually, little by little, being a part of this body, this fellowship, I learned that there was safety here, that I could start to be myself and I wouldn't be condemned for it. Because see, that was, the, that was the thing. If I couldn't earn God's love, how could I earn acceptance here? It just wasn't gonna happen. So a lot of times the things I did were to push people away to see whether or not that you would throw me out the door. Well, uh, I guess nobody wanted to throw me out. So I stayed. So, about five years ago I had a breakthrough. And I started hearing about this thing called identity. You know, after 30 years of being a saved, believing Christian, I never heard about identity. Nobody ever told me about that. And so I was living something that I really wasn't. So I started hearing more about this identity, and then I went to the Kingdom School of Ministry. That's always a tongue twister. And I started really listening to what identity actually meant. And I started to realize by my behavior and my thought patterns, I didn't know who I was. I really didn't know who I was. I thought I was 
a pupper, not a princess. And I believed it, and everything that I did backed that up. Well, how about you? Who do you think you are? Do you think you're what you do at work? Do you think you're a husband and you have to perform? Do you think you're a wife and you have to do it all? Do you think that you're a church member and you've got to be here every time the church is open in order to feel like you're the good Christian? Who do you think you are? Joy and celebration throughout London. A son had been born to Henry VIII. He was named Edward Tudor, and by royal decree designated as Prince of Wales, Duke of Cornwall. The joy of the people was surpassed only by the jubilation of their king. The succession of the Tudors had been assured. Though few took note of it, another baby was born at the same hour of the same day to a pauper family in Offal Court out of Pudding Lane. And by some mysterious happenstance, the babies were born identical. Amid the hustle and bustle of humanity, stood historic London Bridge. Here the pauper child, Tom Canty, grew to boyhood. Each day his father insisted that he hobble forth to beg, even though under the king's law begging was a crime, and even minor crimes were then punishable by death. Okay, I'm going to tell you the rest of the story before we move on. If you've never heard of the story The Prince and the Pauper by Mark Twain, it is about two boys who were born at the same time, but in two different situations. One was Prince of England, Prince of Wales. One was a pauper in a poor family. And what happened was one day, the prince was out in his gated area outside the castle and he saw a commotion outside the castle gates and it was Tom Canty, the other boy, the pauper, and he got himself into trouble. And so he noticed one thing very uncanny about this other little boy was that he looked just like him. And so he asked the guards to bring him in and he started talking to him. Well understand this, the prince had never been outside the walls of the palace. He did not have any idea what his people out there was going through. And he was curious. He also had a purpose. If he was going to rule England one day, he needed to know more about his people than what he was being told. So, much to Tom Canty's dismay, he said, let's switch clothes. Let's switch identities. And so, that's how it happened, okay? Tom Canty, stayed in the palace, wore the royal clothes, and the prince ended up in the pauper's home with an abusive father. That was not a really good thing. Let's see. 
Identity is something we all struggle with. And I don't know about you, but we all are sitting here, some of us, very, very deeply into a case of mistaken identity. We really do not know who we are. All right? So that is why identity here at Harmony is such an important part. And I'm going to go ahead and read this for you, and then we're going to go ahead and talk about this a bit. We are a family. Hmm. Families don't always work together well, do they? Who desires God's will for our lives. We choose to live out of our true identity as a beloved son or daughter of God and seek to replace his will with ours, knowing that the Father always gives good gifts to his children. Now understand, how can we tell each one of us whether we're living out of our true identity or whether there's a confusion here? Well, our behavior doesn't always tell us that. Remember, behavior does not dictate identity. All it does is give an insight as to what you think and who you think you are. And so it's valuable to be able to tell by looking at it, but it is not who you are. And I just want to make you, you aware of that because I don't want anybody thinking, well, I'll do this and do that, so I must be really bad because that's not true. Okay, first of all, we're going to look at the prince and his characteristics. He had a destiny. He was born into the royal palace. The minute that child drew his first breath, he had a purpose. He was going to be the next king of England. And that was not in question. That was never questioned. Okay? He was important. I don't think that when he said, do this or do that, anybody said, eh, excuse me, who the heck do you think you are? He was important. There was no need for him to compete. There was no other Prince of Wales around. So he was the one, okay? He knew his worth and he knew where it came from. There was no questioning his worth because it came from who he was born to be, not what he did, okay? He doesn't have to elevate himself or demean himself and sometimes that's where we are. We either elevate ourselves to feel like we're something or we demean ourselves because we don't think we're anything. And either way is not right. He doesn't let his circumstances control his actions. Obviously, if he's sitting in a pauper's place, that could make him change his actions very quickly if he went by his circumstances. He maintains relational transparency. And this is a tough one. I had to look this one up because I didn't know it. He doesn't have to control people to get what he wants. He doesn't have to lie. He doesn't have to manipulate. He doesn't have to threaten. His relationships are transparent and open and go both ways. You, and he uses his power to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. Okay, as in this story, the end of the story, and I'm only gonna give you a little peep into it, Tom Canty at the end, does not stay an, a pauper. And that's, that's all I'm going to let you in on. Okay? Now we go to the pauper. Oh, this is a lot harder. The pauper is independent and self-reliant. Oh my goodness. That five years that I walked away from, from God, the only thing I ever wanted to do was be so independent and so self-reliant, I wouldn't need anybody. And that is a prison. It is a dead end. 
It will lead you nowhere. Insecure and lacks peace, yes? I'm sure that if he's fighting for every mouthful of food he can get, he's insecure and he's lacking peace. Strives for appraise, approval, and acceptance. I'm not sure he got a lot, but I'm sure he tried. He tried to please his abusive father, I'm sure. Competition, rivalry, and jealousy towards others. Yeah, if you're, the, if, if you're uh, gonna be begging on the street, you don't want somebody taking your street corner. Hey, you wanna have that for yourself because that's yours, so what are you gonna do? You're gonna, you're gonna fight for it, okay? Distrust authority. Well, if he's gonna get thrown in prison for, for begging, I think he probably distrusts authority just a little bit, okay? Like I did, I, I, didn't, I didn't hate authority, but I didn't trust it and I was afraid of it. So, try, uh, see, feelings are easily hurt and easily offended. Oh my gosh, yes. Has anybody ever told you that you had to do this, that, or the other and you were instantly offended? Instantly your feelings were hurt because what you really heard was, you're no good. You're not good enough. You're not perfect. Yeah. Has to fight for what they get. I'm sure he did. He fought for that street corner. And you know, if he was a Christian, do you think he might have tried to earn God's favor and love? How many people here are trying to earn God's favor and love? I know I did for over 30 years. And I still find myself doing that occasionally. And I have to remember, who am I? And I'm going to go back. Mark preached a couple of Sundays ago about truth. Without truth, you don't know who you are. If you take this world's truth, you will always be a pauper. You will never be a prince or princess. This world and the circumstances do not dictate who we are. Other people do not dictate who we are. Our past, our present, our mistakes do not dictate who we are. That is something that God has given us freely and he will not take away. So let's go to the word of God and find out what this truth really is. And go to 1 John 3, 1 and, 1 and 2. It says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we will know that when he appears, we shall be like him, and because we see him as he is. There was a couple things that really stood out to me when I chose this passage. And one of the first things was love. Love. Simple love, but not so simple. Love is how we see it, not how God sees it, and that's the problem. Love is conditional in our eyes. In God's eyes, it's unconditional. The second thing was given to us. Well, we know that God is truth, and God is not an Indian giver, as it were. So he's not going to give us something and then take it back because it's not dependent on our behavior, and it's not dependent on us pleasing him. And then it says, we're children of God. We're called his children, not a pauper, 
Not somebody has to earn that position, but his child. His child. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you came from. It doesn't matter what your parents did. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. You are his child. Never forget that. And the next one, I don't have it up here, but I'm going to read it anyway. Romans 8, 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery. Slavery is that pauper. He is in chains to his circumstances and his mindset. We did not fall back into the, slave, the spirit of slavery, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. Sons, prince, princess, that's who we are. We're not paupers. We're not paupers. Okay? We can cry, Abba, Father. You know, we have that big, it's, it's like you said, we have that, that God that sits up on high and that is almighty and that is everlasting and there's everything we could ever hope for and wish for and can never, ever reach. But he reached down to us. We're his children. And we can call him Daddy. Daddy. Daddy, I blew it. Daddy, I feel like I'm not good enough. Daddy, I was wrong. Daddy, I'm hurt. We can do that. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And of children then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Okay, well, heirs mean we're going to inherit something. Just as Edward was going to inherit the throne, we're going to inherit as well. We're going to inherit the kingdom. We're going to be with Christ as brothers and sisters. So we come to this point. Switch it again. We come to this point, and you have a choice. You can live in a palace, or you can live in a poorhouse. You can take the prince out of the palace, like they took Edward, like Edward took off out, and you can put him in a pauper's life. And if you ever have a chance to watch this movie. You'll see the struggle that Edward went through to get back in the palace because he never lost sight of his identity no matter how rough things got. But then poor Tom, he's sitting in the, in the palace and he knows exactly who he's not and he's not the prince. And yet during this point in time, the king died. And guess who was going to be crowned king? Ooh a person with a case of mistaken identity. So, you dress him up, you put him in the palace, and unless his mindset changes, he will always be a pauper. You know, we were given a new heart, okay? Like Mark's shirt, wherever he is. We were given a new heart, a heart of flesh. Start trusting that heart. The heart should lead to the head, not the other way around. Okay, we're taught, oh, you know, the heart is desperately wicked. That's the old heart. That's not the new one. So trust your heart. What you need to get in your head is the truth. And renew your mind as, as God calls us to do. Renew your mind. Okay, why? Because it's about identity. It's about who you think you are. Do you really think that you are who he says you are? 
or you think that you're who your, your best friends say you are? How about the person down the street? How about the person at work that doesn't like you? How about your kids if you're a parent? Ever had, ever had one of your kids say, I hate you, mommy? <laughs> yeah. Well, does that make you a bad parent or a bad person? No. No, it doesn't. Because you are who he says you are. Do you really believe it? Is this something you really do believe in your heart of hearts? And can it go from your heart to your head? Because that really is tough. It was tough for me. I wandered around for 30 years and not knowing who I was. And when I found out that there was such a thing as identity, oh my goodness, I was absolutely floored. All of a sudden, I started to know who I was. And that made a huge difference in my life. And the behavior, the, the change in behavior came out of the knowledge of who I was. My behavior changing did not change who I thought I was because that's backwards. Okay. Do you act as a pauper in royal clothes, unwilling to accept the truth of who you really are? You know, we've been saved, so we get the royal clothes. But are you acting like a pauper? Are you acting like Tom did, maintaining that he was not the prince? He was just a poor boy. Or do you maintain like Edward did? Okay, do you maintain your identity? in the midst of your circumstances, even though they may make it look like you're a pauper. Okay? That's, the, that's the thing. Only you know this. And my challenge to you this week is to examine your mindset and your behavior. Remember, your behavior does not dictate your identity. It only gives you information about what you already believe. Hey, if your behavior is not that of a prince or a princess, then what you need to do is check and see what you believe about yourself. Okay? All right. What I'd like you to do this week, and this is the time when you get to do what you're hearing, not just hear it, because we're not supposed to be hearers only. We're supposed to be doers. How do you react to someone cutting you off in traffic? That's really serious for some of us. Some of us become, oh, somebody that nobody wants to even recognize. I know I do. I'm all good when I'm remembering who I am, but when I forget, it's like, how dare you? Ah, okay, well, can you give up your place in line at the grocery store? Oh, that's easy, yeah. When you're in a hurry and you're hungry and you just want to go home? Ah, that's when it's not so easy anymore. Are you willing to pay for the person behind you in the drive-thru, especially when they're honking their horn and waving at you because you're taking too long to order? <laughs> then is it so easy? No, because then you want to turn around and do bad things. <laughs> <laughs> so what about when you offer to help somebody? Oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. Do you? Oh, yeah, you can call me anytime you want. Three in the morning? Hmm, maybe not. What would your marriage look like if you honestly served your spouse out of a prince or princess's heart that didn't need to get your needs met? That would be radical. How about your family? What would it look like if you served your family 
the same way. You didn't get offended. You didn't get your feelings hurt. You didn't get angry. What would that look like? I wish I had known that 30 years ago because I think my family might have appreciated that. <laughs> what would your neighborhood look like if you treated your neighbors even when the dog poops in your yard? <laughs> what would you do then? Well, please don't do like my children have tried to talk me into doing, which is to put it in a bag on the front porch and <laughs> set it on fire. That would not be good. Okay. What about your work? What would it be? What would it be in your work life if you could rejoice over someone else being promoted even though you thought that you should have been? Ooh, that really is difficult. It really is. Okay, what about this church? Ooh, what would, you do? What would it look like here? If each one of us loved and served each other out of that identity that says we are already okay. We're already good. We don't need to get something. We serve because we love. We serve because Jesus loved us. And there's nothing standing in the way of that. There's no hurt feelings. There's no backbiting, no gossip, no demeaning people, no trying to talk people down so you can feel better about yourself. You're just serving. And if we're doing that, then what is, what is the phrase? They'll love us, or they'll know we're Christians by the love we have one for another? What kind of impact would that make on our world if we did that? Okay. I think I missed a slide. No, I didn't miss a slide. There it is. So you have a choice. You can either be a prince or you can be a pauper. What you really are is a prince but you can behave and believe that you're not, okay? And that is a prison. I'm sure that we've all had dreams of the things we wanted to be, the things we wanted to do, and we feel like we failed somewhere, or we've let the dream die, and we never got there. And you young people, you were given dreams just like I was. Okay, in my generation, <laughs> it was about prince and a princess and knights. Well, maybe some of you want to be a rock star. Or you want to go out and win the world for Christ. Or you want to, you want to do something great. Don't let go of those dreams. And, and when you're my age, you can have new dreams. You don't have to have old dreams. God will give you new dreams. He will give you a new chance. Okay? Don't let the world and its definition of who you are, take away those dreams. Hang on to them. They're God-given. God expects us to act on the dreams he gives us. He doesn't expect us to be held back by our poor opinion of ourselves. Look to the truth, because only the truth is going to tell you who you are. And the truth is found in the Word of God. Okay, Edward, this little boy, in this story, this little prince was only 10 years old when this happened to him. He was thrust out of a very protected place into a very violent, violent and awful world of poverty. That's enough to really make it. That would be enough to really do a number on somebody. But you know what? Even in that place, he never lost sight of his identity. Not once. They said he was crazy. They said he was out of his mind. Okay, but he fought back. He knew who he was. And you know, I'm going to tell you, this story had a happy ending. Thank goodness. 
Okay, and in reality, each one of us will have a happy ending as well. Okay, he retained his position, his identity in the palace once again and became king of England. Not bad for a little 10-year-old. So, we're going to close today by saying a prince knows who he is and that his identity is secure because no matter what the circumstances, it's freely given by our father, not earned. He's able, to do for, uh, he's able to do for his kingdom. If we will do this and believe this, we're able to do for the Father's kingdom without worrying about ourselves, about trying to meet our own needs, trying to get what we want. We're called to do for this kingdom. That's who we are. We're princesses and princes. And even before Edward took the throne, he wanted to find out how best to lead his people. That's what got him in trouble to begin with. So, that's just about it. What I want to close with today is that you have a choice today, just like I did. You can either believe the truth or you can believe the lies. God gives us that choice. And sometimes, if you're like me, getting the truth in takes a bit. You have to be beat upside the head a few times. And even then, it's hard. But if you will step forward and believe. Just ask God to help you believe the truth of who you are. He will give you that because he's just waiting for that. He's waiting to give you that. So we're going to have some, some prayer partners coming up. And Lainey, if you want to come back up, we're going to have um, a time of worship. And uh, again, you can take communion if you haven't already done so on the sides. And you can stay if you want, or you may leave. But I'm hoping what will happen is that God will touch you heart with this. And you will not leave here today without at least starting on the journey towards recognizing your true identity. Okay? 